at that. Uh, hello. Hey there. Thanks. Thanks for showing up, spur of the moment. Yeah, no problem. So I figured we would just hop in and just share our top 10 lists from 2020 so that we uh, don't, you know, bloat another episode when we have obviously a lot of movies to talk about. <laughs> it's going to be so bloated. Uh, yes. That's the, that's the number one complaint people have about holds up. Bloating. uh how are you dan i'm doing okay i come to these podcasts now for my weekly therapy appointment oh wow so i'm always yeah lately i feel a little more wrung out sure okay well. and less enthusiastic than maybe yeah. but i mean it has been how long have we done this and it's been a year yeah. of covid and the sky is falling day by day sure yeah so how am I supposed to feel? <laughs> Episode 72, by the way. Ooh, that's a lot of episodes. They said we couldn't do it. It's as long as The Simpsons, isn't it? Didn't they get 72? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So it was interesting to look at my my top 10. I've been keeping, if not for Letterboxd, I would be, I would, this would have just been a lot of homework, but fortunately yeah. I've been keeping a diary, so it was easy to get them on one screen. And then pretty, uh, the, the top 10 is weird. It's very amorphous. I don't, I, it would change tomorrow, but yes, I have a five actually turned into a six worst list. That was a little easier to, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back and I used our own podcast channels titles Oh yes, to, to recall. And mm-hmm. how many did I have to Google most <laughs> right. so many titles? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I reviewed. Right. Wow. You got to remind yourself why you love it. What are these sermons? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, who goes first? We should have drawn straws. I'm eating an orange. Okay. (laughs) All right. So this is not, I mean, this is not exciting. It is interesting to note that there are three non-narrative titles on my top 10. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if that's the nature of the the slim pickings of the year. I don't feel like it was a slim year, though. No, there was a really lot of interesting wasn't. stuff. And some is yet to come since everything is pushed into 2021. Right. So we need to add that caveat that we don't get these screeners. You know, we didn't see Promising right. Young Woman seven months right. ago. So yeah, and we're to regular that, people. To that point, uh, I just swapped one out tonight for a movie we haven't even reviewed on the pod yet that we just saw. So... Mm. Um, so here I go. My top 10 of 2020, uh, number, these are in no particular order. Uh, my bottom six are in order just of kind of, you know, dramatic shock, but this is just kind of thrown together. Emma, uh, which I can't believe was in 2020. That feels like a three-year-old movie at this point, but, uh, that was, I saw that in January of 2020 and I have rewatched it a couple times since, and I adore it. It's fun colorful it does a, it's really interesting at being a fresh take on old material but also being it's weirdly creative and almost cartoony but also kind of authentic and very and it just it feels great um love that one that was such a fun experience in the theater yeah you know if i could take a tangent speaking of that uh 
I told, I think I mentioned on the show last week that I did just get a 4K TV of reasonable size in my basement here. And I watched, I've been getting a couple of 4K movies. And earlier today, I threw on uh, the first Lord of the Rings film and turned the lights off and let it be loud. And it was the closest I have felt to being in a movie theater. And it just reminded me of how much fun that is and how much I miss it. Did you put gum on your chair? I did. I spilled a uh, Diet Coke <laughs> earlier so that it would be sticky by the time I oh, went to watch no. it. Oh, no. At least they have free refills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that I, I really had forgotten the sensation of the darkness and the bright screen and the loud surround sound and all that. And it, Yeah. Anyway. Um, number two in, again, no particular order. To Five Bloods. Uh, Spike Lee's... Yeah, nice 2020 film on Netflix movie. Just, I mean, great. We talked about it on the pod. I don't have to go into in depth with each one of these, but just one of the most uh, vibrant and surprising and, and fu- weirdly funny, hilarious, uh, but also very dark. Yeah. A great, um, this is the, the year, I guess, I guess 2019 it started, but the, of the big, you know, the big shot filmmakers mm-hmm. making big Netflix movies that were actually really good. Um, and I guess I'll keep that going with another Netflix film from a, uh, a director that I consider to be a towering figure. And that's Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, mm. which was just one of the most, uh, I don't know, one of the most interesting and rewarding viewing experiences, although I still don't know what that movie means. I think but, it wants cutting. Besides yeah. that, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would... Uh, I'd give, I'd uh, allow that. Um, Palm Springs, hmm. because uh, again, these are fun. just a lot of fun. yeah, really funny, uh, fresh with with a kind of a uh, you know a familiar premise, but done in a very fresh way. And uh, these are not you know these are not the great films of the year. These are the films that I had the most fun with, and that was certainly uh, up there. Uh, David Burns, American Utopia, two Spike Lee joints on my list. And that one was just, uh, special to me because the music is, is kind of my thing and it's a very vibrant and exciting, great concert film. And I know that if you don't have an in with the music, it's probably hard to even find an entry point, but uh, that remains recommended if, if you ever get the opportunity and it's sitting right in front of you. Um, then there is the, this was the new entry and I'll, I'll just, I'll be very, I want to be very transparent about this process. Dan. Mm. I had the devil all the time mm-hmm. because that was just, we both kind of felt like that was a, just a movie. Like it was good to see a big, yeah you know, period crime movie with movie stars in it. And, uh, but I swapped that out for pieces of a woman because mm. that was such a moving experience a, uh, a, a wonderful, which I guess we'll get into more next time with a review, but uh, that was good enough to easily claim that spot in my top 10. Uh, the Zappa documentary, I thought was that great. Alex Winter's long, uh, long in production Frank Zappa doc with amazing access to the Zappa family and the archives. He managed to take a chaotic and bizarre career and put it into a movie that feels right and makes sense and and does justice to a very weird human 
And then one that we disagreed on is next, and that would be Shirley. Um, <laughs> we did disagree on that. We one. did. The uh, Josephine Decker film. It's not really a biopic. It's just kind of a movie about Shirley Jackson and uh, with Elizabeth Moss. And I don't know. I, it worked for me. It was kind of this fever dream of what it's like to live with a troubled artist and and uh, academic type weirdo literary people. And uh, I dug it. You did not. Insufferable. <laughs> yeah. Can't even disagree with that. I just don't know why I, uh, I guess I suffered it. It didn't even seem like she was the lead character of her own movie. It felt very much to me like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf if the young couple are starring mm-hmm. and the older couple are supporting characters. Yeah. Yeah. I hated how she talked to her husband <laughs> Everything was stylized dialogue. <laughs> wow. You're getting me going. You're getting me going. So you don't. You have to Google your favorites, but you have instant access to what you hated. I didn't even you put it on my. Me. I didn't even put it on my worst list. I. Yeah. I. It just because it was fine as a movie. Yeah. It's not not reprehensible. It's not poorly made. It's mm-hmm. not ill conceived. I just did not enjoy it. Sure. Doesn't mean it's bad art. Right. right. It just means that it is art that I did not enjoy. I, if it had been a more straightforward biopic, I probably would have been less interested. The stuff with the the couple. And I don't even have like a thing about Shirley Jackson. I had to kind of learn about those things. And then I appreciated the weird structure of the movie. But anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, we got to have those disagreements or the show's not interesting. That's what people log. I mean, that's what they sign on for. They, that's right. they click download. They, that's what they subscribe. Bill and Dave Gansel sign on for. for the oh, wait, no. Bill doesn't listen anymore. So it's just David. <laughs> for the for the disagreements. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't enough disagreements in the world right now. No, so there's not. We, really, we got to spice it up. <laughs> Holds up. Yeah. Uh, this next one is also a disagreement, but not really a vehement one. I think we both liked this movie, but I, I really like the documentary Feels Good Man. Um, I just really... Uh, felt an affection for the subject. Um, the artist whose name uh, eludes me, but I'm uh, Matt Fury. And uh, I also just thought it was a really adept documentary about our moment, not even our moment now, but kind of the, the 2016, you know, cultural political moment. And uh, it managed to take the, the darkest elements of that, but spin them into a story about a, kind of hapless and positive person who I found very compelling. Uh, And then number 10 is soul. I really had a great time with soul. It stuck with me. Uh, I smile when I think about it and I'm probably going to watch it again soon. That's very you. Yeah. (laughs) The whole list. Yeah. Well, that's soul, especially. Yeah. Uh, You'll, you'll be the one to put soul on the list for sure. I suppose. So mine is a reworking of the one that I originally posted now that I've seen a few more titles. And I fear, not that I actually fear, but I fear that the ones that I've seen most recently end up on the list just because they're clearest in my mind. So I may end up reformatting this list maybe in March once all the 2020 Mm -hmm. titles have made their way to me and some of the ones I've seen, you know, in the past week 
have faded a bit yeah. in my memory. I'm thinking like if I can't remember what even happened in the movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. it shouldn't be on my list just because I have a warm feeling about it. Sure. So in order of viewing is how I mm-hmm. did mine. Emma is also my Dang. first title that I will say. I enjoyed the movie immensely on its own terms. I have such appreciation for the fact that I saw it in a theater Mm -hmm. and me and my husband watched it together and died laughing throughout. And it was a nice, happy moment in memory. So Emma, it is next. And Mm -hmm. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that this (laughs) title will hold up for years as a favorite. It, it held up on a second viewing. One of my favorite films of the year. The last film I saw <laughs> wow. in the theater. You know, ready, you know we're ready for The Hunt. The Hunt. Wow. <laughs> I went to that on a lark. I didn't think I was going to like it. I was refusing to wear a mask. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I didn't understand what people were doing or so upset about. <laughs> wow. Figured, you know, I'm just gonna go to a movie. No one else is there. I'll be fine. Um, at least, at least I didn't really get sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But I did go see The Hunt, starring Betty Gopin, and I love her in Glow. She's wonderful, and she's mm-hmm. great in this too. I think that the script was very imaginative. It's funny throughout. It's so brutal in the beginning that until you suddenly realize you're not in a real universe, you're living in a heightened, strange, bizarre reality. Um, It's it's a little hard to stomach, but when I went in for a second viewing, knowing what was going to happen, I just howled. Um, The line reading when the older couple who are the insufferable woke liberals who own the Mm -hmm. convenience store are just constantly quarreling and then they uh, try to charge her too much for cigarettes, which makes her know she's not in the state where they say she is. You know, she right. like turns them and just roars at them. You fucked up, bitch. But <laughs> <laughs> before, you know, sending them all past hell. Oh, it's such a satisfying. <laughs> and she just fights with Hillary Swank, like in Kill Bill right. style. For yeah, that's no the best part of the movie. And every reason. And there is a certain political insight and logic to what the film is doing that the stuff that they say was true wasn't true until they made it true. Since people had been lying about them, they made they brought those lies to life. And I think that that's an insightful truth mm-hmm. for our moment. That when we when we're vilified we sometimes become the awful thing that the people say we are wow so that's quite a um because one of the observations we made i did not think this held up on one viewing but it sounds like maybe <laughs> i need to give it another shot i love it on a second viewing. <laughs> one of the things we discussed in our original review and maybe this was just me on my side but that i felt it didn't have a, a coherent political uh voice or message and i think at the time you agreed but oh i uh, i agree what you're saying makes sense i agree to a point it it really is is murky 
And since this isn't true to reality, though, you can kind of, to me, on the second viewing, I could accept that a little bit better, knowing that I'm watching a fable or something like that, mm-hmm. rather rather than a, a true-to-life thing. If it's true-to-life, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, yeah. So right. that was The Hunt. Mm-hmm. To make sure I get that on on DVD or whatever they put things on now. Sure. Don't, don't have a DVD player, though. Oh, no. And you know the the Max, they don't put a little disk drive any anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, thing. All right. So next in order of what we saw, never, rarely, sometimes, mm. always, occasionally, seldom, from time to time. <laughs> right. I thought that this was at times a hard to watch story like when she's in the pro-life clinic oh that's just like a little too close for me but it's Mm -hmm. reality for people and i thought that this story was true and it was rich and i was invested throughout in the plight of the young woman and her friend both excellent performances and then the devastating title sequence where new things are revealed that put uh, the situation into a new light. I thought that it was really, really a master, really a masterful film. Yeah. That was within millimeters of being on my list as well. I I enjoyed that one a lot. Really, really, really good. Really, really good. Um, Next. Now for something completely different. I'm sticking with this one. I'm sticking with this again. (laughs) King of Staten Island. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm not saying it's like a magical work of art or some cinematic masterpiece, but the way it hit for me when I watched it, I enjoyed the whole thing. And I especially enjoyed the performance of Belle Powley as Mm -hmm. Pete Davidson's girlfriend. There was something so true and winsome and winning about her. I thought she had real star quality and she made me think that maybe Pete Davidson could could be worth <laughs> pursuing <laughs> in a romantic relationship. And that is no easy feat <laughs> by any actress. Wow. I think. Yeah. Really? And it was just one of those movies that start to finish, I was engaged, I laughed at, and I enjoyed. So why can't I put it on my top 10 list? You can, and you should. And I just did. Next, The Assistant with mm-hmm. a favorite of mine, Julia Garner. Mm-hmm. I don't have much more to say than what I would have said of the original review. I liked that the film didn't insult the viewer's intelligence. You were just let in on a world that I really didn't don't know a lot about. And I don't really understand a lot of the conversations I was overhearing but they seemed like real conversations that would happen at the sort of agency where she worked and you see what's going on and everything can be excused um, regarding this person of authority's inappropriate behavior. Everything might've been misunderstood, but you as a viewer and she and her gut know that something is not right here. She tries to make it right in by going to an HR representative it's one of the, to me, one of the best scenes of the of the year, mm-hmm. um, right, right up there, um, where she, where it's clear she's going to get nowhere with this, 
and yeah the assistant i liked it yeah you've got me questioning my list with this one this hmm. was that was a great experience. i think and you know what this really just says more than anything is that there were a lot of really great titles in mm-hmm. 2020 even though we didn't get to go to the movies there were a lot of good ones yes um the next one that's on my list uh lingua franca oh yeah i thought that this was a fascinating story on its own that a trans person story was front and center though not the main piece of the drama mm-hmm. but an important and crucial piece to to what ultimately happened these were difficult human relationships challenging nuance that that I was really invested in and it made me reflect a lot afterwards on what the movie had meant and why the characters made the choices they did. And I just thought it was really rich and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Another excellent title. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. I got to get four more on here. Okay. I don't know what to do with Mank. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with Mank. Yeah. Mank, Mank is a movie that I admired more than liked. Mm-hmm. So I have the temptation to leave it off the list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I know, what I concluded. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I know that as time goes on, I'm going to see a few more titles that will certainly make it to the final top 10 of the year. Manx will be nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet I don't know what to replace it with hmm. right now. I thought, you know, Ma Rainey, uh, that's one that I also think I admired more than really struck the chord with me. Right. I liked the performance. I liked the look. I liked that they put it to film, but I don't know. So I'm going to leave this kind of to be the M title mystery okay. line mm-hmm. that is most certainly going to be undone by something I see later. So I've got three more spots and they're going to go to more recent views First is The Prom, which I absolutely adored. I expected that to be there. Yes. And it got me finally to download the original cast album, which is wonderful. And that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. And I loved the cast and the silliness and the Ryan Murphy over the top, every numberness of it all. I even like James Corden. I, I think he's fine. I think Meryl Streep is so is so vulnerable and hilarious and also sings the role nicely. You know, Andrew Rannells and Nicole Kidman is so so fun, so fun, so fun. And then my last two are gonna be two that I just saw that we haven't talked about yet. So I'll just name them as uh, pieces of a woman like you and Sound of Metal. Wow. Yeah, both excellent. Both four stars. I mean, again, we'll get to it next week um, in more depth, but two under the wire. I mean, I've heard about Sound of Metal actually for a number of weeks and I've been meaning to get to it and I'm glad I finally did. But um, I feel like this happened last year too, where some of the most excellent movies of the previous year were not caught up with until January or February. Well, the early January, we were finally seeing 1917 and I was feeling that was late. Like this year, Mm -hmm. everything truly has been pushed back two months. Yeah. Yeah. That it's going to be rough. And there's a lot of big titles too. Mm -hmm. 
Nomadland and News of the World, The Father, Promising yeah. Young Woman, Minari, One Night in Miami. All of these. Right. I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah, no one's even seen that. doesn't matter mm. what access you have. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I might have a whole top 10 list that is none of these. Right. But of what we, what we got to yeah. see in the theater until March end stream, that is uh, what I liked. And you know what a special uh, mention that I have? Mm-hmm. Because it's technically a 2019 movie, but we discussed it this year was Atlantics. Yeah, that won't be on my list because of its timing, but I really, really mm-hmm. like that movie. Yeah, both Sound of Metal and Pieces of a Woman. Without getting into the the content, um, we, we talked about movies that you admire more than you like, and I just I, I felt emotionally, um, just I I don't I don't have the words right now. I'll have a week to to put them together, but I felt like these were movies that I appreciated as much as I admired. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. Very, very special. Yeah, I had emotional responses to both of them. Uh, so, the bottom five. Now, these are, I really only have like two, what I consider to be uh, maybe three total stinkers on this list. And then just some ones that were disappointing that I thought were going to be good. Um, And I'll count them down. Like, really, you can you can see that the star ratings like shrink as you go. The first on my bottom list is Lovebirds. The Lovebirds. Really? Yes. I uh, thought that was cute. It was okay. Mm, it, I thought it was going to be a hoot. I thought it was going to be a lot of fun. That's why. It's not. It's not because of how bad it is. It's because of how disappointed I was by it. Issa Rae and Kumail are like the perfect two people to put in a movie like this right now. Right. And uh, it's just most of it didn't work. I thought it was very sweaty, like trying too hard. Kind of. It wasn't like stuber bad, but um, I thought it was was less than. Uh, next is Downhill, which is, again, not a stinker. But as a remake of Force Majeure, it felt like it just didn't understand what made that movie work. And it was just such a bland and disappointing a uh, movie that based on its pedigree and its writers and its cast, I thought was going to be special. And it was, yeah, that could easily be removed. That's not a worst movie of the year. It's just a disappointment for me. Mm-hmm. Then I've got uh, wonder woman, 1984, mm. which is just a, a, a fun, bad movie. I mean, it, I don't know how it's not like you have to see it bad, but it's just a huge misfire. And there was something kind of you know, around Christmas time, I actually kind of enjoyed how bad that was, but um, mm. anyway, uh, it makes my list. Uh, the Glorious, again, not a bad movie, and from a brilliant director, not a not a complete botch job, but very disappointing compared to what I was expecting and, and wanting out of it. Uh, I guess all four of those movies could probably be argued. I, I get that that feeling. But I think my my last two are uh, these are the these are true bottom of the barrel, mm. and these are the rhythm section. Blake Lively. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. Oh really? Oh, okay. I thought we both had seen it. Maybe not. Maybe you just took my my uh, warning to stay away. It's Blake Lively and Jude Law, and it's just an insane story of how this this depressed addict magically turns into a badass assassin. But it's just a humorless, dark, uh, like visually just dark, 
bland movie. Uh, really, really poor stuff uh, from people who I expected more from. And then my number one, bottom one, is Spree. Really? Yes. Oh. I was, uh, my artistic and personal sensibilities were offended by Spree. <laughs> I thought it was garbage. Uh, and I just didn't think that it earned its kind of gleeful it felt like it was really sticking it to society and i think it was just embarrassing itself oh well i okay so spree is one i can't even say that i admired more than enjoyed it i didn't Mm -hmm. admire it either here was my thought on spree was that it it was a big swing i guess that's where i was Mm -hmm. at I think it was a creative idea. I thought it spoke to the moment. It never ceased to kind of surprise and shock. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and for those reasons, I, I thought I thought Spree was okay. I thought it was fresh and original. The scene of him uh, running down the homeless community under yes, the overpass I know, I know. was one of the most... Uh, the things you'd have to do in a movie to earn a scene like that anyway are insurmountable, but this movie certainly didn't get there. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Were you able to assemble a five worst? I was. And these may be my five worst. These were the five worst that I could remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I don't, I mean, maybe I saw the rhythm section. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, this first one, I'll preface with this. I have not had a drink since May of 2019. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And drinking would be a big part of my movie going experience where you make sure you have a few drinks before you leave the house and maybe one outside the theater. And then the theaters let you in with mm-hmm. your you know they have alcohol for you to buy and but they'll only let you have one at a time right bastards <laughs> and so you have to like miss part of your movie to come back and get the second one immediately you know you have to have tricks to to be able to you know just go around the corner drink a quick before you go in and then get in line again for your second one to bring into the movie and so i have this general these general memories of drunkenness and tiredness and malaise in some movies and I know that that colors the experience of them for me and yet and yet I should have been completely sober when I saw the gentleman and the way it left me feeling it makes me think of whiskey I don't know why it makes me think of being tired and drunk and hung over and half awake and that, that was a 2020. It, that was a 2020, and that's what it did to me. So yeah, bad. that should have been on my list. I hated the I hated the gentleman. It was so bad. Yeah, I hated the use of its cast. I didn't. It didn't make any sense to me. The story didn't make any sense. I felt inebriated as I watched it. The gentleman. <laughs> Next on my list, there's a second G. I share it with your list. The Glorias. And you Um, made the remark that it's not a bad movie. I disagree. (laughs) I think it's a terrible movie. Okay, wow. And the author and director's intentions, they are one thing. And the impact, you know, good intentions don't matter 
if you do harm. And I, as an audience member, was done harm to. I watched. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not really. Um, like you say, I, I, it was more a disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. Where I had really hoped that it would be illuminating. Um, and instead, I felt more confused. I wasn't in right. it for the artistic vision. I thought that Bette Midler as Bella Absog was ridiculous and <laughs> underwritten and overplayed. And it was just too much for me. I did not. I hate that. Movie. I hate that putting it on my bottom five probably makes me look like a, you know, Prager U subscriber or something sure. like this feminist claptrap. I had high hopes. I wanted it to be special. I wanted it to be great. My question uh, would be then let's focus on all the top 10 lists that got on. And mm-hmm. my guess is nobody's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is a third G. Wow. I know. Again, one of the final titles that I saw in the theater that how was I sober when I watched this? <laughs> because I was tired. I felt sick. I was in and out of sleep. I was confused. I was frightened, not by the content of the film, but the filmmaking. Gretel and Hansel. Oh, yeah. What a mess. What a horrible, horrible, dark, gloomy, dungeonous mess. The interesting thing is that your initial, when you first brought that up to me uh, via message, it seemed like you were excited about it. It seemed like you had loved it. Oh, no. And then we talked about it. (laughs) I may have been excited about the prospect of seeing it. And it was very weird and different, and it had some creativity. In the end, it was so boring and so drab and so long. And it was trying to bring in themes of womanhood and femininity, that the witch was somehow Gretel's teacher in coming into her own womanhood and witchiness. I could see how maybe that could have been intriguing, but to me it wasn't. I was just so bored. Mm. I haven't so caught up with it late. yet. I was so tired. It must have been just poor in spirit that day. <laughs> I guess so. Horrible. Wow. All right. Next, we're away from the G's and we've made it to the V's of Vivarium. Was that 2020? Oh, you know what? That and um, what was the other one we, that we just discussed that I forgot? The Gentleman. Our, Letterboxd has them as 2019. That's why they right. didn't show up when I looked at my my what I saw this year. Right. Because Vivarium should be on my list if it's a 2020. Right. It's So for some reason, like I saw the gentleman was listed 2019, and yet it was says initial release January 2020. Right. Um, This one says 2019, which I assume is when it's made, but it says initial release June of 2020. Yeah, we'll expand my list to seven because that that's got a place. It was so tedious. Yeah. And what might have been a promising premise and might have been creatively rendered and i don't know actors i wish could have been we could have done more with them yeah so people love this movie by the way people think this is a mind-bending work of genius i do not agree (laughs) no i do not agree i do not agree and uh no surprise my last place um just by alphabet goes to wonder woman 84 Mm -hmm. and we just and i just Express my disgust on our last episode, right. so I'll yes. leave it there. Yeah, great. All right. Um, I'm looking over the list just for notable things. Uh, Good Boy 
hmm. is on here. Remember that with Ju Judy Greer and the yeah. killer dog? That isn't good enough to be on the good list, but it's also not. Yeah. It was such a TV movie kind of an experience that it would be rude to put it on the worst list. I think yeah, I, it I, is I what it wants to be. Yeah, I didn't feel strongly about that one way or the other. I feel like everything yeah. that is on those, you know, Amazon homemade haircut deals is yeah. is what it is. It's just an Amazon thing and it's not a real movie. You hated She Dies Tomorrow and I quite liked it. Not quite top 10 level, but... I don't remember what happened. I accept that she didn't <laughs> die tomorrow. Right. Uh, anyway, that that's what, oh, and the old guard. I think we disagreed about that too. I really didn't care for the old guard. Oh, I, I didn't you, like the old guard. I think I think at the time, I probably was just pleased that there was anything to watch mm -hmm. because I think there had been kind of a a dry spell there. And then if I was going to make three more uh, honorable mentions, and then I think I'm done. Uh, where to go? Tiger Tail. Yeah, the, the half of it and the photograph very solid all of them very good not quite transcendent enough for me to get on my my lists but uh shout those out yeah i didn't get i didn't um end up keeping the fits but that was another one that mm -hmm. i thought was intriguing same with tiger tail mm -hmm. all right dan i think we did it i think we just uh again as you've pointed out this is all subject to change this is you know I was talking about doing this in December when in reality, we're probably not done processing all the movies from last year, but mm -hmm. I thought it would be fun to do. So here we are. It is fun. I'm glad. I mean, we look, can... we, we took 40 minutes. Yeah. Just on this. Wow. All right. So there's an episode. What do you want from us? <laughs> uh, we'll be in someone's top five worst <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, then uh, this will, you know, we'll have more room for the what dozen or so reviews we'll have next time of all the movies that we've. Uh, oh, my God. So many. Yeah. I don't know how many more I'm going to get to watch this week, but I've already got quite a quite a stack under my belt. So. Mm -hmm. All right, Dan. Thank you. Yep. Uh, it's a great year. Despite all the challenges, it was not a great year. It was a horrible year. I mean, it was fun to look <laughs> back at movies. It was a good movie year. It was a surprisingly good movie year. Surprisingly good movie year. I agree with you. Uh, considering what we went through and looking back on it, it is very strange how far just in time and space and experience Emma is from Pieces of a Woman. Oh, but here I we know, are. I know. So, uh, all right. Thanks, as always, for sharing the journey, Dan. Uh-huh. Well, um, I feel like thanks. I'm just I'm just a piece of a woman right now <laughs> compared to the Emma I used to be. Right. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's been our podcast. We're Dan and Josh. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.